Yes, g'day. Welcome to the latest edition of the Duck and Rico's Red Dirt Podcast. We're doing it a little bit different this week. We're actually camped out and down on the south coast of New South Wales at a place called Wingdang, which I've renamed Windy Wingdang because it's been a bit windy down here for the last few days and I'm down here checking out a few things, so we thought why not uh, do the podcast from here. So we're sitting outside. We're actually underneath the awning of my MDC XT16 off-road van which has become a bit of a mobile radio studio and all sorts of things over the last few days as I'm working remotely, which is good. We love doing that. And um, we're not out at Duck Creek Central this week and uh, we're actually out here sitting right on the edge of the water, basically here at the uh, opening of Lake Illawarra on a, right near the beach, near the surf club, for those of you that know what we're talking about and where we are. Rico, how good is it down here, beach, uh, being in the shed, mate? Mate, I'm certainly not complaining, that's for sure. You know, 200 metres in front of us, you've got the beach. You can, uh, I don't know if you guys at home be able to hear the surf breaking there, but and uh, another 100 metres behind us, we've got the beautiful lake looking absolutely magnificent today. Yeah, it does. It looks very pristine, and uh, the water's like a bluey aqua colour. It's fantastic. And there's a lot of people uh, camped here. You can see people setting up now. There's a long weekend coming up here. And um, school holidays are in this region, and as well as I think all New South Wales and Queensland. I think they all go at different times, but I think at some yeah. point they're all off together. So there's a lot of people setting up camp here. The thing that's got me, Rico, is the amount of people that are here just like Dad's here with the kids, give a mum a break, and they set up swags and tents and things. And because we're surrounded by water, obviously the uh, first uh, tool in hand is the fishing rod. Mate, and mate, they're into it. I just saw go past a push bike with a very elaborate milk crate set up on the back, full mm. of fishing rods sticking up into the air like a bunch mm. of aerials. I thought, what a what a clever setup. Yeah, mate, some of the kids, they're, they're all over it, aren't they? And, I mean, I, I know um, some of the local kids have got fantastic setups on their pushies with the fishing rods and the bait and all the gear and the tackle and everything. I've been watching them over the last few days. But it's a great part of it. Well, this is really a, a pretty popular holiday destination down here. Oh, not hard to see why. Gee whiz. It's... Mm. Uh, you know, you got the best of both worlds. So you have got the surf over there, so you can go and have a bit of a surf or a bit of a bit of a beach fish. And uh, you know, if if you prefer the more protected waters, you can duck over the other side. Yeah, hop into the lake. And like I say, we're right here on the channel uh, of the opening, and um, it's uh, it's it's really good. It's uh, it's beautiful, beautiful spot. That'd be uh, that'd be my phone, mate. We'll just that's a case. That silent. And um, that'll, cost you, that'll cost you a case, mate. Yeah, well, it actually shouldn't have done that because it should be running through on here, but that's okay, all very good. Um, but, mate, um, we're going to do something a bit different this week. Not only are we down here um, doing the uh, the podcast on location, but we're going to get a couple of guests on this week and we're going to talk about the um, Outback out, out New South Wales, which we touched on last week. Yeah, mate, going to mix it up a little bit. So... Um you know, we, we touched on Outback New South Wales last week. We didn't end up getting to it. So I've got a mate of mine, Simon Bayless, who um, Simon runs a website called Red Dirt Snow Studio. So Simon is a photographer and a content creator of some renown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does a lot of work with some of the tourism bodies out there in Outback New South Wales. And, and one of the things that he's done, which has sort of caught my eye, is put together these little adventure touring routes that you can take. So if you're heading, for argument's sake, from Melbourne to Broken Hill, Mm. He'll he'll give you a way to go there that's exciting, you know, a few mm. few of the things to see along the way. So we'll get him on, have a bit of a chat about that. And the other one we're going to do, mate, is have a chat to a mate of mine, Jason, who works out at uh, Camper Act in Norellan. Mm. Camper Act, uh, they're basically a camper trailer company. They they don't actually make anything. They resell uh, Australian brands. I think they've got eight different brands under mm. the one roof there, which is pretty yeah, awesome. Right, okay. Uh, and Jason is just preparing right now to take his three kids and his wife and go do the big lap. Right, how long has he taken to do that? I don't think he's put a time frame on it, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, so first stop for them is going to be Tassie. So we're going to have a bit of a chat to him and pick his brain about how he's prepared for this trip. This mm. is something that in my travels we get um, we get asked a lot, you know, how do you prepare for a trip like that? What do I do with the kids? Mm. All of those sorts of things. Mm. Mm. A couple of kids going past on the push bike and they're trying to get on the podcast, Rico, by singing and... Laughing, right. looking at us laughing. Don't make us look bad. Here we are, we are, like we're saying. It, it, we always say this podcast is pretty real <laughs> and pretty raw. You just heard my phone in the background. Usually it's not the phone, it's the dog. He's not here with us uh, this week, obviously. He's at home guarding um, He's at home guarding Duck Creek Central at the moment. But, um, but uh, you will hear some different noises in the background while we are here <laughs> because we are camped here. There are people looking at us and wondering what the hell we're doing. 
And uh, I can tell you, that's log on to the podcast, mate. Yeah, that's yeah, it. You'll check see it, it out. You'll see what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. so we'll talk to Jason later on, and uh, and we'll we'll find out, you know, what they've gone through to make their plans to take the kids out of school for a year and and mm. go do the big lap. Hope, hopefully, you pick big. up a few tips. I, I mean, I used to, I've, I mean, look, we've all taken our kids out of school and done trips. I've done it, but not for a year. And it's a big thing to do, but I think it's well worth doing. I remember Emma George did that. Uh, but it never took, I think the kids were younger. They weren't even in school, but they took off. Yep. And there's plenty of people do it. And uh, I'm a big fan of it. I reckon that the kids get a much better education of what the real world's all about by going oh, on no these sorts doubt. of trips, you know. No doubt, no doubt. And, uh, you know, his kids are sort of, oh, I don't really know, but I'm guessing their age between about 8 and 13. Mm, so he's going to have his hands full. Yeah, well, they certainly won't forget it, mate. That is for sure. They will not forget a trip like that, especially if they're going away for a year. Yeah. Yeah, so... All right, so we'll touch on that. And, uh, mate, what else? I don't know, mate. I don't think we'll just take it as it comes today. Yeah, but our other, have we got another guest coming on? Uh, we spoke about Simon. We spoke about Jason. Okay. Is well, there anyone else? No, they are, mate, from Camperac. Yeah, so, what, so he's Jason. That's Jason. Yeah, so what's Simon going to talk to us about? Simon's going to talk to us about Outback New South Wales and, yep. and some of the different touring routes through Okay, so good stuff. So we look forward to doing that. There is plenty out there. As you know, we were out there ourselves not long ago, and um, there is plenty to see out there, so... We certainly do look forward to getting him on. Mate, who do you want to ring first? Let's just ring him cold here. Yeah, let's do Simon. Let's get him, let's get him on. Let's get Simon on, so we'll ring him, mate. Have you, you spent much time down this region? Not a lot, to be honest, mate. Um, we normally just go right through here and, and keep going. Normally on my way to the Victorian high country or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've so. spent some time down here. I'm more of a north man. Uh, all in saying that, it's beautiful. We went for a run down around Jeringong yesterday and Jaroa, and, mate, it's just the scenic, the Rolling green hills meeting the ocean, basically. Yeah, it's a lovely part of the world. I, I discovered um, New South Wales South Coast through working with Starlo mm. on the Off-Road Adventure Show. So he lives down at Turos. And, yep. um, yeah, we went down there to do some work with him, and I was just blown away. So mm. I'm definitely going to be coming back with the family and spending a bit more time around sort of south of, of Sydney, I guess. Yeah, well, I'm down here. I've been down here for a few days with another couple to go, and then I'm off to Wiseman's Ferry for the... Uh, Long weekend and the grand final. Oh, that'll, that'll get nasty, no doubt. Well, it'll get big because there'll be people... Um, here's the missus back. We were here just for a few days, as I said. She's been out hitting the shops. But, um, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah, I know. I don't know how much money I've got left. <laughs> oh, hang on. We've got pot plants and all sorts of things coming in now. But, um, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure how I'll go out there, mate, because a couple of uh, couple of good mates out there at Wiseman's and we go there most um, every sort of odd weekend and we spent the last long weekend out there too. Last couple. Yep. As well as this one last year as well. So You're taking the jet ski? Taking the jet ski, the uh, Hawkesbury River uh, Hogs, the uh, geriatric jet ski team. All the members will be there, mate. Look out. Yeah, we've actually got club yeah. T-shirts and everything. Now. So Stickers. if you're thinking of going down to uh, Wiseman's this weekend, maybe give it a miss. No, no look out for <laughs> us. Look out for us. <laughs> yeah, look out for us. Yeah, yeah, we'll be out there. <laughs> so, uh, mate, let's get your mate. Um, who are we going to get on? Simon. Simon. Let's get Simon first up. So let's just dial Simon's number now and sit down. He knows we're ringing him, obviously. He does. So we'll get him on. And uh, look, don't forget, if you're, if you're out there doing it yourself somewhere, you want to send us an email, you can do that. It's the email address, mate. It's info at ricoandtheduck.com.au. Yep. Yeah, shoot those through. Love, love to hear what you're thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, your missus has rocked up with wine. Things are looking up. Yeah. yeah. I don't drink wine, though. That's how it works. Yeah, we've rang, we've rung your number. Hello, <laughs> Simon. Did you ring me? Yeah, g'day, Simon. Oh. How you going, mate? I'm pretty good. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Loud and clear, buddy. No worries at all. i got the Bluetooth on. Yeah, right, OK. That might be a bit of an issue, but we'll see how we go. So, mate, welcome to, the, right. Red, welcome to the Red Dirt podcast with uh, the Duck and Rico. Rico's cheered you up and said that um, uh, we're going to give you a call, mate. It's pretty raw, this. It's not like a radio show. We just take it as no. we go, mate, and it's pretty real. So we're sitting here at the moment. Yep. I'm camped down here on the waterfront at Wingdang. Rico's driven down because he thought, wouldn't it be good if we did the podcast from down here on site? So a bit noisy yeah. in the background with a bit of wind, but we're out doing it, mate. Well, good on you. I'm sitting in the in, in the dungeon trying to finish off all my work before I head <laughs> off at 4 o'clock in the morning, heading over to Echuca, Deniloquin and Moolamine. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Oh, very good. What's... You guys know where that is? Yeah, yeah, know exactly where that is, mate. Yeah, so we're what's... not complete idiots. That's <laughs> <laughs> just, just the way me mum dresses me. Leave me alone. <laughs> So what, what, all right. was, what's on the agenda, mate? What are you going over there for? Well, I'm continuing this touring route, which I started about two months ago, called the Timber Cutters Run, 
basically it follows the Edward River um, up from Mathara to Deniloquin and then across uh, from Deniloquin to Moulamine and Kaolite where it meets back up with the Murray River. Oh, lovely, lovely. Now, something I've noticed on your Facebook page, uh, which is RDS, Red Dirt and Snow, isn't it? Is that right? Red Dirt and Snow, yep. Yep. Uh, you've been putting up some of these little touring routes, so uh, you know, for people that are that are going to travel and, and that might take them through out back in New South Wales, you're going to give them some tips and, and, and ideas on spots to visit along the way and, and all the must-sees. Definitely, definitely. And where I come from, that thing of you've got tourism people, you've got national parks. I'm not going to get too political. There are certain people in those industries that do a great job. But so many people are right in this continent who've actually never gone out, never got their bums out of the office and gone out and actually experienced it, but also dig a little bit deeper as to what there is out there as opposed to just saying, well, there's a road here, you can get from here to here to here. I like a story behind all these uh, touring routes that I do. So I dig a bit deeper. Um, the one about the timber cutters run is where the Murray River's course changed about oh, 30,000 years ago to what it currently is. Um, because of an earthquake. So I love that as a story, and that's how Barmer Forest was created. Um, and the, the Golden River, which comes from Wood Point all the way up to Achuka, used to go all the way to Swan Hill. And the Murray never used to go down to Achuka, or the original Murray never. And that sort of stuff, you can sit there and just amazement at how great this country is if you dig it a little bit deeper. There's a lot to be said for the New South Wales outback. A lot of people, when they think about the outback, Simon, they think the Northern Territory and you know Birdsville and you know, way out west of Queensland, but there's there's a there's a New South Wales out back, and there's a lot to see and do out there, isn't there? Oh, phenomenal amount! And look, my focus originally was the Darling and out back New South Wales, and what's great, it's a day, it's within a day's drive of the capital city. Mm. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to go two days to um, to get somewhere, whereas you know if you're in Adelaide. You know, you can be in Broken Hill in, what, three, four hours. Um, but the Murray-Darling Basin is even more fascinating in the fact that three-quarters of Australia lives within two hours of it. Yeah, it's a cracking part of the world, actually. One of my favourite little places to go is it's not quite outback New South Wales. It's um, it's just over the other side of the river there, up around that Murray-Sunset region. That's pretty spectacular as well. Yeah, that's nice. I haven't done enough down there, though, Rick, but oh, um, mate. I'd like to do it. Any excuse? So, so Simon, you're into this. What do you know, usually? What's your day-to-day job, mate? My day-to-day job is a photographer, and I work with tourism bodies. Uh, so, I you probably call me a digital publisher. So, I do photography, I do travel writing, and things like that. Um, I fell in it to I fell in it by kind of a bit of default. I've been in the corporate world and everything. I just thought, like so many of us, I just thought there's going to be more to this you know, 70 odd years on earth and so I wanted to do work something I was passionate about. So I get my income from developing websites and doing professional photography. So I'll give you a little bit of a, um, I don't know, juicy bit of information I suppose. Simon actually had a very big role in my development as a photographer. Yeah, right, okay. So, I didn't um, know you were one. Uh, well, <laughs> a photographer somewhere now, thank you very mm, much. No, no, geez, I can wrap yourself up. I mean, here we yeah. go. You'll be giving yourself a nickname next. Yeah. Some other people we know. The happy snapper. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we were working together at, at EMG on a variety of different titles there. So the, the four-wheel drive stuff, the caravan motorhome stuff, and yep. um, just through necessity, being stationed on one of the smaller magazines, I needed photographers all the time, so... They'd always get pulled onto yep. the big magazine, so I thought, bugger, I'll learn how to do it. How hard can it be? Yeah, no, fair enough. And uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'll never, I'll never forget your uh, first cover on Fallen Drive Action. I've forgotten it already. <laughs> yep. Well, you kept pulling me out. Is this good? Is this good? Do I need to go in further? Tied it, did it? Oh yeah, no doubt. Don't look at it too close. No <laughs> doubt, no doubt. What are your thoughts about the magazine ending now? That you won't get the um, the magazine with the DVD stuck on it anymore. Yeah, the actual print mag, so issue 301 of Four Drive Action, mm. uh, is the very last one, which is on sale right now. Yep. Did you know that, Simon? I did. I saw it the other day, um, and I thought, you know, people were, you know, terrified of digital. Print is limited, 
and limited to those that if they've got a passion about producing a print magazine as opposed to the commercial motivation behind it, there'll always be magazines. Um, I'm not sure if Fall Drive Action is set up to be that print magazine because they've got other avenues to be able to get that information out to the readers anyway, mm. if that makes sense. I'm not saying anything bad about it. Mm. Um, it's just progress. It's just progress. Yeah, it that's right. right. I mean, they've changed the way they do everything. I don't know. And they were pretty smart in the fact that they now put that on YouTube, four-wheel drive action, yeah. the filming of it yep. on YouTube for free. Yeah, very, very clever. And, I mean, I mean that, that's fantastic. I mean, the, 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 and a lot of people are watching that. And obviously, Graham and Sean and I have got a fair following in light of it. Yep. And, um, yeah. and, and, uh, and everyone's jumping now onto YouTube because you talk to people now that don't even watch free-to-air television anymore or any television. They watch everything on YouTube. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. It's Very incredible. Popular. You wouldn't ever have thought it once upon a time, would you? I mean, it was just amazing, really. So, mate, you you, you do that. What 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 um, mate? What's the highlight for you out there? And if you if you get if you're going to do a trip, because obviously not everybody can go out every day, and most people get four weeks off a year, and they usually try and split that up within a couple of weeks in the middle of the year, and then again at Christmas time. If you only yeah. had a, if you only had a short window to get out there, where would you recommend you go? Oh, <laughs> the trip I'm doing tomorrow, because I live in Albury, I'm only two hours from Machuca, two and a half hours from Machuca. So for me to get to a place like Massau and the Edward, it's, you know, it's, it's easily doable. Whereas previously I used to drive a day, day and a half to get out to Cameron Corner and to the Darling and things like that. So... There's so much to explore if you look a little bit closer, even though we like big trips. I love a big trip. I love sitting on the car for a long time. But you can look at the, what's the word I'm looking for? You look a bit closer and you look for things that people don't think of. Yeah, I like because that for me, For me, if I can get a good stream, a creek, some beautiful gum trees, not a lot of people around. In fact, yeah, now you're talking. <laughs> if there's two or three people camp near me, too crowded. So I just like to be able to sit there, take my boots off, put my feet in the water, and just listen to nothing. Yeah, I love the sound of that. You know, I would, I would have thought you'd have said something like um, the Mungo region, just being the the photographer guy that you are, and the, the absolutely spectacular landscapes out there that are unlike anywhere else in the world. I thought that would have been your pick. Yeah, Mungo's, Mungo's brilliant. I love it. But for me, it's had its day. It's you can't access it the way you used to. You know, oh, I used to yeah. go out there and take my boots off and walk over the, the dunes and everything. Now it's and understandably because people some, often do the wrong thing by, you know, digging it up, taking yeah. stuff, things like that. And so parks have to close it. But, you know, if it's a national park, I generally won't go in, not won't go into it. I feel restricted, if yep. that makes sense. So Mungo, beautiful to photograph. Um, sensational sunset and look it's still good and still worthwhile visiting um, but I like finding places that people have never heard of or they might have gone I've heard of that but I've never been so that's what I like doing and as I said before you know digging up little stories and the area around Massara not a lot of people know and it's only two and a half hours drive from Melbourne it's just pristine forest untouched and it's one of the few places that you can go along the Murray um, to experience that because oh, that between, say, where I live, Albury and Yarrawonga, it's overdeveloped. Mm. The area around Mathara, people don't know about it. They will now, though, with <laughs> the popularity of your t- radio show. You've ruined it. Ah, oh, you'll be right, mate. <laughs> We're not going that big yet. But, <laughs> but anyway, it, uh, mate, it is a good part of the world. And, I mean, you don't have to go. I mean, look, we all love heading out into you know, into the Never Never and head up into the Territory in particular and out there in the real, what we call the real Australia. But to get that experience, you don't, like you say, you can get there within a day from most places. How good is that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing, we like going further than we actually need to. Mm. We bypass places because we like going to places that to us are more iconic. Um, because then we can say, look, we've been to here, we've been to there. Yeah, look, I've definitely been guilty of that. We were talking about it uh, right at the start of the podcast, actually. Duck, Duck asked me if I've been through this area before, and I've, I've only ever passed through on my way to somewhere else, like the high mm. country. Or it does happen. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can. I mean, if you just get in the car and head to somewhere, 
you, you're driving past. You could be driving past, you know, umpteen number of like, spots. Like Cat Eye. The other, you know, the other week exactly. when we went there. We've said that for years, even <clears throat> on a radio show, we've said, you know, look, I mean, don't, take the time to sort of go down and see what's down that road. And you just won't, you just never know what you might find down there. And, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. if you're in a hurry and you're on the, on the, on the highway and you, you're just driving past the best bits to get to somewhere that mightn't be as good as where you just drove past. Yeah, exactly two, right. Two, two days ago. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, look, I know that you're a busy man. You you got to get ready for this trip in the morning, mate. If people want to check out some of uh, some of your content, where where's the best place to go and check that out? Best place would be the Facebook page or the uh, website, which is reddustsnow.com. Reddustsnow.com. Go check that out and check out uh, Simon's little touring adventures there, and and hopefully you'll discover something new, which is what it's all about. I reckon. Thanks, Rick. Good on you, champion. Good on you, mate. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for coming on I'll the look, podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. I look forward to catching up in person one day. Yeah, good on you, mate. Well done. Thanks, James. And that was our man, your your mate, Simon. And how good did he go? I mean, yeah. there is a bloke who's out there doing it and just loving it. Yeah, well, like I said, we worked together for a while in the in the magazine game, and he, he's a very, very clever man. Um, brilliant teacher. Brilliant yeah. teacher. He taught me a lot about photography. I, I owe a lot. Uh, of what I know about it, technically, to, to Simon. Yeah, well, there's a couple of blokes. Here. I mean, you, you've worked with some really good photographers. I mean, Luke Adams, is, you know, how good is he go? Oh, he's all Another right. Another one. He's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over in England these days, doing his best. Yep. Still there. How long is he there for? Coming oh, back mate, soon? I thought or? he'd be back by now. Uh, yeah. I, think oh, well. I think he's enjoying being a kept man. We used to get him on the Ruthie's Australia show for a few uh, for a while there, a yep. few years ago, Ruthie and I, and... And doing that, so um, it's uh, he was another one, and he actually did those courses too, where he took people out camping and yeah, and, and that's all right. that, yeah, yep. and and basically people would go away camping with him and come back just with so much more knowledge about how to take photographs. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, really. I mean, I mean, one thing we should have touched on Simon was probably camping in stations out there. Always include a station. Yeah, well, I think he actually looks after one of those websites. It might be Station Stays or Outback Beds or one of those. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, because, I mean, that's a pretty important thing to do. Did you see, you mightn't have seen it, you may have, I saw on social media the other day a news clip from somewhere where volunteers went out and cleaned up like something like 40 tonne of rubbish from Outback tracks from the travel season. Wow. That that varied from a bonnet of a car to a to a a, a, a toilet, camp toilet, to tyres, basic rubbish. I mean, fair dinkum. I mean, it's a bit it's a bit ordinary when you've got people heading, you know. And we, we love it. We encourage people to go out there and hit the tracks and hit, you know, do the Birdsville track and do the Streslecky and get out in that region. But don't leave your rubbish there. If you no. blow a tyre, clean it up, just tie it to the roof, put it in the back, do something with it. Yeah. It's not hard. Yeah. It's people are grubs. Yeah, it was. Um, it was amazing the amount of rubbish. There was all sorts of things like the bonnet of a car. Yeah, where's the rest of the car? <laughs> it's just amazing. I mean, just the. St- I mean, obviously there were some things that were dumped there. They they even acknowledge the fact that there were some things were dumped there purposely illegally. Um, that could have even been from anyone locally or whoever who knows. Yep. But the debris and bits and pieces and rubbish that was left behind. From the travel season of people heading out into the outback um, through that winter period, it's just amazing. And there's a stream of volunteers who spent a fair bit of time just driving along, picking up the rubbish. It's disgusting, isn't it? Really, well, it's not good. And I'm not talking. Not wasn't all about. It wasn't just all about like day-to-day household rubbish. I'm talking things like wheels, tyres, shredded tyres, and a stack of those. Where yep. people are running on tracks, you know, with their tyre pressures, you know, incorrect, and and blowing tyres and just leaving them on the side of the track, unbelievable for a volunteer to pick up. Yeah, I no, just, there's nothing worse. I just think it's a bit ordinary. I mean, and you one of the blokes, you wouldn't do it in your own backyard, would you? Well, well, one of the blokes, do it anywhere else. Well, one of the blokes who was running it, and I think he, he was like the spokesperson. He said that he would be of the belief that you take back what you took in, and then some. Yeah. Yeah. That that's that's our little credo, you know. Whenever we go somewhere, mm. leave it better than you found it. Yeah, exactly. Whatever you take there, take it back out with you. I mean, it's not hard to do. I mean, we all do it. But anyway, so there's just a tip. But I did see that, and I just thought that was uh, a bit ordinary. And what happens now, as it gets a bit warmer, people will start heading to places like this. Yeah, that's right. Well, hopefully they behave a little better. Mm. The one thing down here I found, and I'm on the south coast, and 
for people. And I'm not sure where you're listening from, although we can check. Uh, we can. We don't know exactly where you live, but we do know what <laughs> regions people listen. The one thing I found in this area, as good as it is, I mean, the south coast of New South Wales is beautiful and be a, be a lovely place to live. But there's a, there's a fair lack of four-wheel driving here and, and, and tracks. No beach driving down here. Yeah, well, particularly find. when you consider how much bushland there is in the hinterland mm. behind, you know, sort of from from Wollongong, I guess going down a little bit, like you get to Yowell and then it all starts to open up a bit. But, you know, you're talking a few hours from Sydney again. Yeah, mm. well, mate, this isn't that far. I mean, where are we now? What, two hours south of Sydney? Oh, here? not even. Right, so it's not far. I'm mean, right on the coast. I'm on the wood. We can. I mean, I'm probably not picking up on the mic. You'll get a bit of wind here and there. But we're sitting here. I can hear the surf over the top of the headsets. Can you hear the yeah, surf? I yeah, mean, I can. So we're right on it. So the black cockatoos. Yeah, oh, black. There's black cockies coming here every day. That's, that's unbelievable. Yeah, they've got the good sound, haven't they? Oh, I love it. Yeah. So, um, but I was just, I was just surprised that there's not a lot of four-wheel drive tracks that you can head to. I was looking around for some places, and I made a few calls. I, I couldn't think of anywhere. There was a good reason for that. There isn't anywhere. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and, and I think this uh, this part of the, the world as well, the beach driving, you're not allowed on any beaches down here, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah, because there's some great beaches down here, some mm. great stretches. Well, just further down from where we are now, there's Seven Mile Beach, which is a beauty, but again, I don't think you're allowed. I think further down south you can. You, you, you can get on a couple, and um, and I think there might be some tracks like sort of inland from now and places like that or even further down. But just this little spot here, you would think that there could be there'd be a bit more around. But a lot, like you say, a lot of it's getting built out now. You got some kids on the push bikes again, Rico. Yeah, having a race, those two blokes. And and not only is it getting built out, areas that that you could access once before because of you know the actions of a few that mm. that minority they screwed up for everyone else by going in there and behaving outrageously badly. Yeah, absolutely. There was one place I went for a drive the other day. The weather was a bit ordinary, so I thought I'd just go for a bit of a scout around. And I went. I've had a mate of mine who camps at Coldale. Yeah. Oh, it's, so it's it's north of Wollongong. Have you ever been there? No, but I, I have done it on mate, my, my camping series. Mate, what a fantastic spot. I went and checked it out. Mate, unbelievable. The secret's out now. Yeah. Although I think we've spoken about it on the radio a few times. It was 30 bucks a night for a powered site. It's beach camping. It's right on the beach. Right on the beach. And yeah, it's that's basically, right. it's north of Wollongong, so it's not too far to get to if you're in Sydney. But, mate, you could be anywhere. Yeah, the the tip of that one is you've got to book well in advance. Absolutely. It's run by the local surf club there. Yeah. There's and a few of those on the on the coast of New South Wales that are run by surf clubs. Yeah, great idea. And um, and you're not going to get, and especially if you've got kids, because, I mean, you, can, you know, the safety is swimming between the flags and all that. It's not not as remote as some of the beach camping that you get up around Port Macquarie and places like that. Yep. Uh, north of Port, up towards Crescent Head and everything there. It's, there's some great camp spots there. Oh, crackers. But you go for a swim on the beach and she's unpatrolled. And there's... Which really, I mean, we encourage people to swim between the flags, and um, especially if you've got kids, you wouldn't let them go in. So uh, the good thing with Coldale is it's obviously run by the surf clubs, which obviously means there's flags. Yeah, How good is it? that's it. Yeah, we love that. So it's a, um, like we say, it, it's a beautiful part of the, of the world. If you get on the south coast, go and check it out. Just the just the little village around it and the places you drive through are just amazing, like, just like going back in time. You know, normally I wouldn't, I wouldn't be interested in camping anywhere near civilization, mm. but there has to be something to be said for camping near a bottle shop. Well, there's a bottle shop there. Yeah, absolutely, there is. Yeah, there's a few. I noticed those, <laughs> as you'd expect. Ah, <laughs> uh, fair dinkum. I mean, where where would you go on a normal like Christmas holiday with the kids? Where would you take off to? Well, mate, I wouldn't go away at Christmas. Um, not in a million years. Right. I I, I will not go camping in the holidays. Full stop. Right. Um, I've been spoiled too much by doing it for work and, and being able to go to these places midweek. That's and a bit ignorant, mate. I'm sorry. Oh, call me I mean, whatever you like. Get out there and meet a few people, mate. Oh, look, you know, when, when you you sort of get used to doing it one way, yeah. you know, going back to doing it the other way, it's just the appeal's not well, quite there. You, well, I can tell you, it makes you appreciate it more when you are out in the middle of nowhere. Absolutely it does. You know, so you should go and do a bit of camping and, and stuff. I've been in this park, I've got to say, I've had a few people wander up and say good day. And, uh, mate, it's not too bad. The thing I like about it is that everyone's here just kicking back, relaxing. You know, the one thing... I'm, look, I'm, I would much prefer not to kick... I don't, look, I don't mind caravan parks, especially if you've got kids, they're a great thing. The facilities are always A-grade. These days, caravan parks have got... I mean, there's a caravan park south of here, which I do want to check out. It's got a bowling alley. In a caravan park? It's got a bowling alley. Yeah. It's got a um, a water theme park. Yep. 
It's it's got a, a pub, okay, a bar. Now now things are looking up. Yeah, mate, it is unbelievable. It's got a picture theatre. Oh, I think we spoke to. Uh, oh, so, yeah, we yeah. spoke to the girl from Top Parks about On the that one. Show, yeah. And Michelle from Top Parks told it. Well, it turns out I know the bloke that owns that park. Well, there you Just go. Just by coincidence, world, right? I was talking to someone, and he said, oh, "I heard you were talking about my park." And I said, "Which one?" Because I know the bloke's got a couple, and it was that one. And I just can't think of the name of it, but it's south of here. But what? But I mean, when you go into a caravan park as a rule, and one caravan park that stands out for me, when you go in and there's just atmosphere plus, is the big one at Port Macquarie on the break wall. You turn up there, right? The minute you get out of the car, you feel like you're on holidays. You look over, there's some bloke just walking along drinking a stubby. There's a barbecue going. There's people everywhere. And, okay, it's not your remote camping and you're not out there, but it's got real atmosphere. Yeah. So I, I, I don't mind bits of it. I mean, I don't, you know, and obviously what we say, the facilities are always good. So I don't mind, you know, doing, you know, a few caravan parks. I'd much prefer to be um, out out there somewhere, you know, where you're not within boundaries of caravan parks and things. But in saying that, they, I think they, they do provide kids and families with affordable holidays these days. And the way the dollar is, mate, if, why would you go anywhere when some of these caravan parks you can go to, um, mate, you'd have to leave there. Well, look, one of the... Because if you go bowling and go to the pictures on the one night, <laughs> and you haven't got to drive. Which, hello? One, one of the best places that I've been to that was uh, sort of staying in a caravan park with the family was down in Tasmania at Cradle Mountain. Mm. The, um, the park there, I think it was a big four from memory, did not have the feel or the vibe of a caravan park at all. It, you felt secluded. You felt like you had your own space. Mm. You know, there's wildlife popping around. and Yeah, some of the parks do it well where you think you can have, you can you can get away. Their spots are pretty spread out. They're yeah, spacious still campsites. Got, they've still got those communal kitchens where you can have a great time and, and meet some people and, mm. and have a bit of a chat. Um, had a really good experience in that sort of thing on Morton as well. Mm. Yeah, Morton's a bit like that. Yeah. Morton, where you're in it, because obviously you go into one of the campgrounds and and you'd be lucky. I was lucky. We were there a few years ago and we had the whole thing to ourselves for about three days, which was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I, I almost uh, I almost fainted when we drove down to the resort, down to Tangaluma. Tangaluma, yeah. And thought, mate, here's civilization. But we basically had the thing to ourselves for days. It was amazing. And then, even, I think by the end of it, we ended up with two other campers in there. But it was a site big enough to hold a lot more than that, so that was that was pretty good. Morton, I'm a big fan of Morton, as we spoke about that last week. Yeah, you know, we I'll, we checked out the glamping thing at Morton um, up at Bulwa, and that was that was great. It yeah, was right, really okay. good. You know, I wouldn't have picked myself as a as the glamping type. Mm. But, I'm almost uh, a glamper with me van here. Yeah, mate. Well, it's not too different. Not too different. I, I must say, it was good to to have a shower to come back to at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that helps. You know, you're yeah. still under the canvas. You're in, you're in a queen size bed. Yep. And you've got that great communal kitchen where all the kids gather to play mm. and watching the pythons run around in the beams of the roof. Is, She's good oh, old boy. Even just to go to that store, the Bulwer store is a bit of an adventure. The drive. Oh, the hamburgers yeah, are so tracks. good. Yeah, I know it's not bad. It's not too bad at all. There's a little bit of music coming up there, mate. So what we'll do is uh, we, we now we're going to get another guest on here. Yeah, we're going to get uh, Jason on from from Camperact. Yeah, we'll do that. So we'll just give him a call straight off the bat here and see how we go, eh? No and, notice. Uh, no notice. Let's just ring him. This is Jason from Camper Act. Now, if he's got my number in his phone, he'll think, why is the duck ringing me? Oh, he'll know. But I don't think he has. This is going to go to message bank. Maybe. The person you are calling oh, is not available. No, this is unacceptable. Please leave a oh, short message. And it will be sent as an audio message. I'm looking to buy a camper trailer, but you don't answer your phone, so I'm going to call somebody else. Thank you. So there you go, like that. <laughs> He'll see that now. He'll be devastated. He'll see that, mate. Watch him ring back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, we'll probably put him on the back burner for any minute. He's probably selling a camper trailer right now. No, so. just pick him a text while I'm talking, mate, and um, and we'll do that. We certainly uh, will uh, we'll get him back on. But, um, no, all very, very good, mate. So um, one thing I do like, too, um, is camping behind pubs when we, when we just, when we're on the road and, and trips. And when we talk, we spoke to, um, to my mate there about those outback trips. There's a couple of good pubs you can camp on out that way, too, on your way out, depending on where you're going from. Yeah, there's, the there's some rivers. Yeah, I mean, I know the one at Byrock's a beauty. 
You have camped there numerous times, stayed in the cabins. Yeah. They, they do some great lamb cutlets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I've never had the lamb cutlets there. I've had the beer there. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, Not me. Which is all, always pretty good. And um, but we can't, a lot of the pubs now are really... He's ringing back now, so we'll just take this call. Let's just turn this up here. And uh, we'll just flick him on here. G'day, mate. How are you going? Yeah, very good. That's good, mate. Did you get me message? Um, calling now, yes. Yeah, no, no, dramas. Say good day to you, mate, Rick O'Brien. Hello, mate. How are you going? Hey, Rico. Good, thanks, mate. Going we, great. We, we thought we'd just call you with no notice live in the middle of the podcast and see what happened, and it went to voicemail. So Duck said that uh, <laughs> said that he was, he was trying was, to buy a camper trailer. I was downstairs with a customer who... Oh, great smother. Yeah. Up, what a smother. A likely I was downstairs story. with a customer. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you'll yeah. see the message, mate. It was basically just saying, I was in the market for a van, but you don't answer your phone, so I'm ringing somebody else. <laughs> so, mate, Rico tells me you're... Mate, how'd you end up at the Sydney show the other week? All right? Yeah, Friday, we um, we braved the weather with everybody with the wind. Mm. And uh, it was actually a good a good plug for us. So all of our campers survived. <laughs> Got a bit dusty, but yep. other than that, no, it was good. We had a lot of gee, a lot of people came to that show, so a lot of people dropped in and said today. Mm. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it certainly was a biggie. There was a lot of people there. It was, I think Woodsy said the numbers were up enormously. So, mate, well done to him, and it was a great show. Like you say, the Friday she was a bit cyclonic, but it all calmed yeah, down, but- and everyone sort of. Put themselves back together and got into it on the Saturday, which was good. So, mate, Rico I says, said, you, "Sorry, going." I was going to say, I said to somebody, "Just click your heels together and say there's no place like home, and you might end up there." Mm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it was a bit like that, eh? It was, it was windy. Yeah, yeah. So, mate, Rico tells me you're about to head off on a big lap. Tell us about that. Yeah. So the wife and I have been planning this for quite a few years, and uh, so we've got ourselves set up with a full drive and a caravan and three kids and uh, looking at finishing up here for a while and heading to Tassie to see if we love it. And uh, if we don't kill each other, we'll we'll come out off Tassie, back off the boat and flip a coin to decide to go left or right or come home if, if it's not a good fit. So, um, yeah, a bit of a bucket list sort of a, a trip for us, actually. So, yeah, been a lot of, lot of planes going into it, a lot of effort, and we're super excited. Yeah, well, it, it is a bucket list thing for a lot of Aussies, mate. Um, in our travels, we, we come across people all the time that are doing it and, and speak to a lot of people that want to do it. Give us um, give us a bit of an, an insight into what's gone into the planning in order to, to be able to do this, firstly, financially, and then, you know, logistically with the kids. Yeah, so I guess the, um, we had to find... Um, a budget was going to work for us. So how do we survive on the road without an income? And then what do you do with all your stuff? So we've read lots of reviews of other families that have been doing it and sell your stuff or um, save up income or sell your house or rent your house out. So we went through all of those thought processes and um, we've gone down the road of uh, selling up all the rubbish that you collect. You, you yeah. come into the world with nothing, you leave with nothing, but in between you sure do you collect some stuff. Yeah, you're not That's wrong. actually been a really a really freeing process to to start offloading all of the gear that we've had that we have stored but not used. So that's the road that we've gone down on. Sell it, give it away, offload it, Gumtree, Facebook, garage sale. Yep. And um and then we'll we'll aim to um, find some work on the road. Some of my clients, I'll still keep doing what I do and uh, helping them. So I'll be able to do some of the work I do from the laptop while I'm on the road. And if there's a town that we really love and we come across, we might pull up stumps there for a few weeks or a few months and find some work and do something locally. So, Mate, you're taking, um, the, we'll, kid, you're taking the kids out of school. How old are the kids? Got an 11, a 9 and a 7. So... Um, yeah, that was another interesting process. I think there's, from our research, there's three options what you can do. You can you can take a year off with your kids. You can do homeschooling or you can do distance education. So we've opted for distance ed. That's the good fit for us. So 
Um, and the good thing is the Department of Education is actually set up for this because there are thousands of families that are now doing this on the road. So previously there would have been just like a grey nomad market travelling around. Mm. Now there's, there are thousands of families on the road with their kids. Yeah, that's one thing. I, that's one thing I say now, Rico. That the, the grey nomads aren't so grey anymore. There's a lot of younger people out doing it and families. I mean, it's a, it's unbelievable, really. But how does it and, work? And how does that distance education work? So how how will that work? Yeah, so you in you lose you finish your enrolment up at the school that your kids are at, and then you're enrolled through a distance education school. So for us, there's one of those in Sydney. So we went and met with those guys, and they get you all set up. They have packs that are um, a couple of months' worth of content um, for the kids to work through, and they're, they're in, in the way of like a book, a workbook. And it's not just one workbook. There's some that's fun, some that are games, some that are puzzles, some that's math, some that's... Yeah, so all these books that they get to work through activity books. And then they've got a pretty good system where you um, are scanning through the work, the assignments that kids have got to do, and you lodge those online, you email them through. And we, we may queue up a couple of those until we get into coverage, and then we might send through, you know what I mean, a couple of weeks worth of work. And then I'll just touch base with the teacher um, from time to time and we've got the, the teacher's resources there that we can email them or give them feedback or send them a photo. The kids can do um, a, re- a video. They can actually shoot a video of what they've done and send that through or they can just record their voice or they can um, type it out or we can photograph their book. So, look, I was really impressed with the options that are out there and, um, yeah, looking forward to it. And the other thing is we can do it at the pace that the kids are interested in. So we're yet to get on the road and do the distance ed, but I think it'll be get up a couple of hours of schoolwork in the morning and then let's go explore, let's go and continue to learn. So um, they'll be learning all the way. On the trip, every stop will be um, educational, the stuff they see, the stuff they do. Yeah, it's amazing the options that are available now. Um through some of the work that I was doing previously, I got to, to travel with some families as well for uh, for the camper trailer show that we were doing. And, yeah, you know, they, they, they've all chosen different ways to do it. So some people would um, organise to have some stuff picked up at a post office and, and dropped off and yeah. and do it that yeah. way. Uh, there's the online stuff, like you've said. And, and the fact that they can make it fun for the kids, that that's just a bonus, isn't it? It's awesome. No, so big thumbs up to the Department of Education with Distance Ed. It looks like a cracking system. We as parents just have to go back to school. So we've got to read through the, the work material so that we can assist the kids in uh, what they're learning about and if they've got questions or we can help them. And, um, yeah, so we'll be we'll be on it together. We'll be on the journey together and we'll be helping the kids. And I've I'm, I'm been a student all my life, so I love learning. So I'm hopefully going to try to rub some of that off on the boys to say, Let's go and learn about the animals we see or let's go and learn about the history. So, Rico, I know you, you love explorers and that'll be a part of the journey as well. Of, oh, did you know what happened in this town and how the town was founded and the bush rangers that went through here or gold was discovered there? So oh, I'm, that's really great. Looking for, I'm really looking forward to inspiring the kids with um, learning about this country. So. They, won't, they won't want to go back to school, normal <laughs> school, when they get back. Yeah. And, and Why would you? I didn't want, to, didn't want to go anyway when I was there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, mate, how have um, uh, has the family gotten together and decided where it is that you you want to go? Like, have you put together a bit of a bucket list, or is it, or you've just planned to not make a plan and, and see what you see? Well, we thought we'll we'll give ourselves a bit of a limit, and we we decided let's do Tassie. So we're going to spend two months in Tassie, and then we'll um. We'll try to get everything covered in Tassie in two months, which I'm pretty sure we could. And um, that's a good shakedown test um, for us to find our groove. Everybody that we've um, spoken to or read about them posting online has said a couple of months. It takes a couple of months to get in the groove, a couple of months to find your fit. And so we thought, let's do that at Tassie. Um, it'll be a great experience, lots to see. And then after that couple of months, we'll make a decision, is this for us? Is this a good fit for the family? Do we love it? Can we sustain it? If so, let's do it. Let's hop off the boat and then go left or right. It'll be a no-brainer, I reckon. Oh, I, I, sure. I, when you go away for two months, you won't want to go back. I mean, how good is it going? 
it, it, it's. I reckon you'll be doing. I think you'll be. I think you'll be turning. Let me just have a bet on this, Rico. I reckon you'll be turning left. Oh, I'd be turning left. Look, I know. Obviously, I know Jason fairly well. He he worked with us for quite some time, and I know his family. And, and they're going to be the perfect fit for this. They're just mm. going to lap it up. Mate, like a lot of people set up Facebook pages for this sort of thing. Are you going to do that so people can follow you, your family and friends and stuff? I I don't know. I'm oh, come on, mate. If, if I do, I'll, I'll, I'll tell the Duck and Rico, and it can be on the podcast, or you can share it on your Facebook page. So how about that? I, I've, I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant to do it, but... Um, the, I may not be able to help myself. So, um, you know, yeah, I don't know. First and foremost, you're a content creator and a creative person. <laughs> to not do it would would just be ludicrous. And you know what? You'll look back on it and go, "Geez, I wish I documented that better." Well, we will do. We will do it. We will document it, and we will we will do that to our close family and friends. But do I open that up for them, the public? I, I don't know. I'm just mm. gonna think about that and have a have a have a bit of a family discussion. The kids yeah. could say, yeah, let's do it. We want to be YouTube stars. So. Oh, you want to inspire other people, mate, inspire. And yeah. uh, and like yeah. you said, you've got a, a love of learning. Um, for me, I've got a love of, of sharing that knowledge that I've picked up over the years and all that sort of thing. So I guess everyone's different. It's a personal um, decision. I mean, yeah, at the end right. of the day, I mean, you know, I mean, it's a personal thing. I mean, there are some people who will push, you know, 30 people out of the way to get in front of a camera. But, I mean, if you want to keep it to yourself, mate, I mean, it's a personal thing. Uh, and, and, and part of me is I want to give back because I've been so inspired by a bunch of people who have documented their trips and I've really loved that. That's really inspired me. So I probably I probably would lean towards um, sharing some content, yeah. So, But I'm mindful that it's part of my kids' story as well. So yeah. I, I would have to consult with them about do they want to be on it because mm. it's, it's their life as well. So. Yeah, exactly, right. But and, and, so, but, and, mate, you're going to be doing a family thing too. So, I mean, it's, it may well be that you just want to keep it private and keep your own fa- close family involved so they can track your whereabouts and see how you're going and and things like that. And, mate, there would have been a fair bit of um, prepping for gear and stuff, I mean, and then sifting through what you, you know, don't need to take and what you what's necessary you have to take. Um, yeah. What are some and, of the things? That, like what are some of the things? Issues. I mean, I mean, I mean. Look, look, and not that we have that. You know, obviously, we don't wish any anything can go wrong. But if something does go wrong, you're prepared for that. Yeah. So um, back to the first question about what you pack. The weight of what you carry is always the um, the biggest concern for me. So I'm obviously in the industry, and I do see people overload their. GVM, so what their their car weighs plus what their trailer weighs, and also mindful of what the capacity of your vehicle is. So that's going to be the biggest limit is um, trying to keep the weight down. When you're towing, the lighter you can be the better um, for tow. So I've I've had to like pack and repack and then make lists about well how often do we need that. But the other thing I come back to is all this stuff's available on the road. Like there are towns that you're going to go through that you can stop and pick up something. Mm. So thinking that I've got to take 12 months worth of clothes is crazy mm. because why do I need to? I can just take one or two sets of clothes and I can buy more clothes on the trip. Mm. So mm. You, you, I think part of the mentality is you think you have to have everything with you, the kitchen mm. sink and all your possessions, but then you, you can change that mentality and say, you know what, just take what you need for the next couple of months and then you can – you can top up or you can buy stuff on the way. What about satellite communications, things like that? You've got all that covered, a bit of medical, medical yeah. gear and things? So I've got um, a, a UHF radio. I've got myself a personal locator beacon, so like an EPIRB in case something goes wrong. And I've been on the hunt because I heard you mention it on, your, on the podcast um, about the Optus Sat Sleeve too, mm. so I'm I'm on hunt for one of those. I think that's a cracking idea. Yeah, they, they are the go. The Sat Sleeve. I can tell you, we just, we spoke about that on the radio. Yeah, the um, yeah, I've got one of those, mate. They are unbelievable, and mate, you just leave the thing in the console, and it's fifteen bucks a a month just to have it on, yeah. and um, yeah, but it turns your iPhone into a Sat phone, and uh, and the beauty of those is if if something does go wrong and it's not serious, but you are stuck. You can actually tell people. You can say, "Look, we're okay. We've got enough water. We've got enough food. We've got, you know, there's not, we're all safe. Uh, but we've just got no engine at the moment, and we need help." Um, rather yeah. than them send out because on those e which are good, but they don't know what the problem is until they get there. 
and um, yeah. so you need to. And so they're stuck a with a hefty thing. bill. Uh, yeah, and, and and that's another thing too. The Optus Sats leave, I think, I think it's about a dollar a minute, um, which is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> for a Sat communication, very small price. And to pay. Uh, mate, they they are incredible, and you and you don't necessarily have to attach the thing to. The, they'll work thirty meters away from the phone. So, yeah, and from what I read, brilliant. people can still ring you if you're with Optus and you've got a Sat sleeve. People can still ring you for free. That's right, that's and, and if anyone rings like. you. They only get they only get charged the cost of what they normally their normal phone bill would be, um, and uh, and I think if you're with Optus yourself, uh, I'm not sure if you are, but if you are, you can actually divert yeah. your phone to the thing, at, yeah, and yeah. it costs you nothing. So, so I mean, it's hopefully Optus, hopefully Optus aren't listening to this podcast. But what I plan to do is to prank my family and mm. hang up on them, and then that's the signal for them to call me back for free. It's only, I think it's thirty cents a text, mate. I think it's about thirty cents a text. <laughs> you just text yeah, them and give us a call. Yeah, I mean we yeah. that's that's what they're good for. I mean they're good for. I mean I've actually got the the mobile aerial for mine as well, the antenna, which is like a little dome on a magnet, and that makes a big difference. And that goes on the roof of the car, obviously, to sit up there, and you can actually talk on the phone whilst you're driving on a sat on yeah. a sat phone. I mean it's br- they are brilliant. Yeah, we've used a few over the years and found that that having that external aerial it makes a mm. massive difference to the sound quality. Really, really. Um, yeah really worthwhile all right mate so when do you so, take off yeah so um we've got a bit of a, a test run with the van at the moment so the wife and the kids are actually living in the van at the moment because we've got a we've got a um we end up getting a second hand van mm. and then renovated it so um we've done uh, the wife she's going to take my hat off to her she's completely renovated the inside and i've put a washing machine there because you know with three kids it's just the amount of washing you have is just oh yeah Mind-boggling. Should so, have got you one of our arena that, cleaners. There's a picture there, Rico, on the side of the yeah, car. I, there, I did. I saw your stuff online, your, your little bucket thing, but I've put one of those little little um, front loader, new one, up on the wall mm-hmm. in the van, so I've got that all set up. So we've just got to give it a few little tests and try it out, and then, yeah, we head off um, in December, December and January in Tassie, and then, yeah, if we, if we love it, good fit, we'll, we'll keep going and... Who knows? We could be on the road for a year or maybe more. Like I, I just think that we're going to get the bug and not want to come home. Oh, no doubt. No doubt, mate. We'll check in with you along the way uh, on the podcast to see how you're travelling. Look, one, one of the things that I want to mention to people out there that have been thinking about doing this sort of thing and don't know where to start, um, and I don't say this to belittle Jason in any way, shape or form, Jason is, doesn't come from an extensive touring background or you know hasn't been forward driving his whole life. But, you know, if, if you put a bit of time into the research and, you know, speak to the right people and ask the right questions, there's no reason why just about anyone can't go and do it. Mm. And, and it comes back to a word that you mentioned earlier, and that's mentality. You've just got to have a can-do yeah. mentality and, and, and be positive, you know, and just be smart about it. And, and people are willing to help you and give you some good advice, you, you know, either in a four-drive club or people that are very experienced and you talk to them and um, you get ideas and tips and tricks and... And I, like I said, I've been inspired by other people who've documented their journey and they show you how they've got their vehicle set up and where they go. I, I've just been studying it as much as I can and inspired by it and been doing some little test runs and got the four drive set up now. So I feel confident in that. And then, um, yeah, I've been, I've, I've towed a lot in a smaller van, but I've never, never done this sort of length trip before. So um, anyway, we'll learn as we go and we'll adjust and, yeah, looking forward to it. Happy days. Just get out and do things, it, mate. Yeah, get out and do it. Get out and have a crack. A couple of things that I've found really handy, so if other people are, are um, researching and looking at it, um, with our budget, we're trying to work out, do we free to free camp like half the time and then into caravan parks or um, aid accommodation for the other side of it? Because that's how we've been able to manage it with the budget. We couldn't afford to do it if we were in a caravan park every night. So we're going to work on about 50-50, so free camp. And another one that I found was um, showgrounds. Yes. So there's a, a group on Facebook where you can go and see all of the showgrounds and sports and recreation places. And some some clever little boffin in there has put those all in a spreadsheet and then you can click on Google Maps 
and it brings up and it drops a pin on every showground you can camp at in Australia mm. and gives you a little review. So it says it's pet friendly and you've got power and water and showers and there's a great little coffee shop, two minutes. Somebody's gone to all this effort. It's so cool. And um, the other thing I like about the showgrounds, your contribution helps them with the upkeep of the showgrounds. Mm. So um, I, it's just blown me away. It's like, how cool is that? A lot of people use that. Wiki camps too. Yeah, there's yeah, a whole... Oh, there's a stack. Yeah. yeah, you'd be sweet. I mean, I think, you, mate, I think you'll find that you'll, some of the best camp spots are free anyway. Yeah, too right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you'd be sweet, mate. All right, well, we wish you well, and we certainly will um, keep in touch with you and see how you're going with it all, and hopefully you will come off the uh, off the boat and turn left and then head off on an adventure. Um, so left is you reckon left's the way to do it? Well, go, absolutely. Go left. I just that was just my tip that you'd go left because you've come down the other way. Yeah, you, I'd be going as far away from home as I could. Yeah, and, and I've, I've I've done the east coast. No, I haven't done as much inland of the east coast, but I've done the east coast up and down. So I'm super excited for WA and up the up north Northern Territory. That's what I'm really want to spend my time exploring so yeah just travel um, around the seasons mate just follow the follow the warmth and then what i can't work out is i want to zigzag a lot so like part of me goes just follow the coast around but then there's all these places you're missing so Mm. then i'm just going to be zigzagging all over the place so i'm still yet to work out what to do so i'll I'll give you a bit of advice mate check out emma george's website i'm not sure what the name of it is the website but if you just google emma george travel around Australia. She did it and she mapped out where they went and they zigzagged. She did the same thing. She took the kids off on a 12-month trip, mate. So, yeah. Uh, and they did, it with the, they did it with the camp. They, they did it. Yeah, she, she, you might have heard the name. She's an Olympian. So, check that out because she did it. And, uh, mate, they did it with a camper trailer with kids, little yeah, kids. Wow. Yeah. And um, I think they took off for 12 months as well. I think they're up in the Gimbley's at the moment. So, um, they do a fair bit of it. Twelve months in a camper trailer—that's oh, pretty hardcore. Twelve months in a camper trailer—that's serious, mate. They did You're it. Wrong. They did it easy. You'll handle it, mate. All right. Well, mate, we'll wish you well, and uh, and we'll keep Thank in you. we'll keep in touch with you. Eh? Right. Thank d- you. Hey, and I'm loving the podcast too. I've listened to all your apps, and um, you guys are going all right. Yeah, we noticed there was one person it. listening, mate. Well done. Congratulations. I told we you we'd run into support. it. <laughs> and, uh, no, I. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and and I'm I'm just a big fan of podcasts because I like how the conversation goes longer, and um, sometimes it's frustrating. You get into a good subject on radio or, or telly or whatever, and then they're off that subject straight away. Yeah, because like, we're on time uh, constraints. So on radio, you got what they call commercial breaks. Yeah, it's a bit of an yeah. issue, and without the commercial breaks, there's no show. <laughs> but with the podcast, yeah. obviously, we've got no time constraints here. We can just keep dribbling on if. People get sick of it; they can just switch it off. So, uh, but no, all good, mate. And uh, mate, stick. Um, well, mate, this week you can listen to yourself. <laughs> all good. Well, Put it on repeat, you, mate. You'll love it. Yes, I'll, I'll have to tell the kids to uh, tune in and have a listen. Good on you, mate. All right, you enjoy that and ignore that that message on your phone, okay? That was just me. Righto, thank you. Good on you, mate. Good on you, mate. We, we wish you well. And that was Jason from Camp Rect. And, uh, look, you know, well, t- hopefully he does put something up on um, social media. But like you said, it's a personal decision. Yeah, it is. It and, is. And, and some people don't like putting pictures up of their kids or they don't like doing all those um, sorts of things. They want to keep things private. And, mate, well done to him. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you cannot beat anyone. What, 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 I mean, he'd have to be, he'd be going down as one of the fathers of the year. Oh, to take big his, time. To take his kids out of school for 12 months... And take them on a journey like that, on a, on an absolute adventure, they'll never forget him about that. In years to come, when they've got their own kids, they'll be saying, "What about when Dad took us here?" Yeah, that's when right. Mum and Dad took us on this trip. And these kids are just at the perfect age for it yeah, too. That you know, they're old enough to appreciate it and understand what's yeah. going on. And when they get older, they'll appreciate even more what he's done for them because there's some sacrifices here. Oh, big time! You know, and, uh, big time. and, he's, and the, him and his wife have, have made those sacrifices to go and do this. He's walking away from give, an amazing job to give their kids an education. I don't care what what school you go to; you go to the most expensive private school in the land. You won't learn as much as what they they're about to learn. Yep. Twelve months out out there in the real world, how good is it? They'll be a lot better for it. And well done to him. He's, that's uh, I think that's a great that's a great um, a great a great thing he's doing, mate. And we uh, we certainly. Um, We'll back him on that. And if he chooses to keep it to himself, well, well done. Yeah, like we say, well, there are a few people around, Rico, as you know, that 
you know, will jump tables and, you know, climb mountains and push people out of the way to get in front of a camera once it's on. Yeah, I've, I've met one or two of those in my time. Yeah, the trouble is, mate, most of them could rob a bank without a mask on, but that's another story. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I mean, that's... I just think it's a great thing, and well done to him. And, and, I mean, it was, and it's something that we've discussed on the radio too. Australia doesn't have a long history, but it's a very rich history. And a lot of that history, you'll trip over it in the outback and in towns and where people used to live and, and no longer do so. Some of the... Some of the some of the you know old mining towns where once upon a time they were thriving and now there's nothing left there but you know yeah a shell and an old pub and a few, a few bits of ruins rubbish. and yeah absolutely but it, yeah you get out there and and it it truly is mind-boggling how mm. these people used to live it's one of the places that it still resonates with me is where you really get that feel of it is the Mary Kathleen up near Mount Isa uh, for me it's uh, the Dalhousie ruins yeah it's just amazing but with 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 um, the Mary Kathleen, it was obviously a uranium mine. But you can they still got the slabs where the houses were. Yeah. And and the old pool that's empty now and the, the community tennis courts and it's been everything's just been flattened, but it's all still there. Now you'll drive in there any day of the week and you'll see, you know, Winnie Bagos and caravans parked in there. Um but um but once upon a time it was a, it was an actual place. It was yep. it was a community living there and, and working and and going to school and doing all these things and now just gone. And like we say, it's not a long history in this country, but a very rich one, mate, which is something that you're going to be telling a lot more people about in the coming months as well. So Yeah, that's uh, right, with is, the new project. So that's all very exciting. But yeah, we look you know what, to Jason's that. family, they're going to experience it firsthand. And, uh, you know, hopefully his story can inspire some other people that have been thinking about it to actually, you know, take that first step to make it happen because that's the scariest part. Mm. Is just deciding that you know what we're going to do this. Yeah, absolutely. How good is it? And uh, mate, we do wish him well. Well, um, mate, I think here we are. We should do a few more of these podcasts out on the road, mate. This is a bit different, isn't it? Oh, mate, I'm not complaining. Yeah, it's not bad. There's a nice little sea breeze blowing here. The beers are on ice, and it's probably time we sort of um, took off a bit different this week. We didn't do our um, our history thing, but that's okay because we had two important uh, guests we wanted to get on. And yeah, wanted, I think it we was wanted worthwhile. To talk, we wanted to talk about the New South Wales outback, and we really wanted to get. And you can tell in you can tell in in, in Jason's voice that he's probably a little unsure. Yeah, you can tell oh, that in his unquestionably. voice. Unquestionably, like uh, I said, so he, it's he an adventure. I mean, it's big for the kids, but it's going to be yeah. big for him too. Yeah. I mean, he's in for a, he's in for a real treat. Well, he worked behind the scenes with me mm. uh, for for a number of years, so with the Off Road Adventure Show and. Mm. And camper trailer lifestyle, so he was involved behind the scenes, but not actually getting out there and amongst it. So mm. I think that's where a fair bit of the inspiration has come from. Mm. Coming back and seeing, you know, he, hearing the the joy in our voices, explaining where we've been and what we've been up to, and mm. um, you know, going through the photos and videos, and you know, creating social media content for us, and mm. and talking to clients and all of that sort of stuff. He's been doing that for a long time, but he hasn't actually been out there hands on. Mm. Um, so, like I said, he's. Not, not to belittle him in any way. He's not the most experienced bloke in the history of the universe. It's, mm. it's not like he's been doing this his whole life. Yeah, but he's not going to do anything hardcore. He's obviously safety first and he's preparing. And that's the thing. Mate. Yeah. Well, I've seen, his, saying, I've seen his vehicle. He's he's done a magnificent job of getting it ready. There's there's everything you need and nothing you don't, which well, is, you know, really important for this sort of trip. Yeah, exactly. And it's the old saying, fail to prepare is preparing to fail, Ricka. Correct. And he sounds like he's got his head, his head screwed on the right. Oh, they'll way. smash it, mate. And yeah, I think he'll find out, mate. How good is this? Why didn't I do this before? Yep. You know. But I'll tell you one thing, Jace. I know you'll be listening to the podcast just so you can hear yourself. If anything, well done. Your kids will thank you for it, mate. For sure. All right, mate. We might as well wrap things up on this week's podcast. What's this number six or seven or something? Oh, I lost count, mate. So if you're out there listening to us, thanks very much for doing that. We do appreciate the support. We certainly do appreciate the feedback. And um, I've been uh, copying a few messages via the Facebook page, and you can check all that out. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook anyway. You can just check out Rico's Facebook page. Just look for Rico, and you can also find the Duck page at the Duck Adventures on Facebook. Uh, we're on Instagram, all those things. If you want to find out links to all sorts of stuff, you can just go to bluecollarmedia.com.au and you'll find links to everything there. Rico, the email address? Is info at ricoandtheduck.com.au. Now send us a note. We certainly do enjoy the feedback. Thanks for tuning in. To the uh, podcast, a bit different this week, out on location, and hopefully won't be the last time we do it. It's certainly a lot better than um, doing it um, at home. This, oh, is, this mate, is good. There's, there's nothing wrong with the shed in the backyard, but this is certainly a little bit more laid back, it's, it's, isn't it? Oh, mate, it's, it's unbelievable. I love it. 
How good is it? Right here on the water. Very and surrounded good. by, look at this bloke set up a camper trailer while we've been on here. Yeah, he has. He's got the annex he, out the he, front He there backed that in. How quick did he put that up? He's backed that in there, right, when we started doing this today. And he's sitting back now having a beer. Everyone looks like they've been sitting there for two weeks. Yeah, they've done well, haven't they? They've, they've done really well. Look, we've done it before, and have a look at have a look at the uh, actual camper trailer. I don't know what make it is. That's an easy trail, is it? And it's covered in red dust and dirt. So yep. he's been he's got a bit of experience, and he's out there. He's Max Tracks bolt on the side of his two hundred series, and uh, and that's, here we are. We are camped amongst them. So it's uh, it's good to be out here and, and seeing people out doing it. We love talking about it. We also love getting out and have a crack ourselves, but it's good to see a lot of other people do it. It's probably a good, good thing we're wrapping up now because the, the wind. wind's picking up. <laughs> it is. It is. All right, so um, the email address again. Info at ricoandtheduck.com.au. Okay, this has been a Blue Collar Media production, the uh, Red Dirt podcast this week on location. How good is it? Um, we'll be back to do it all again next week. If you see us out somewhere, make sure you come up and... And say day. we certainly do uh, appreciate people coming up and doing that. We'll catch you next time right here on the Red Dirt Podcast. 